This is Joel 3. That's life. It's about our girl Joel and her life. It's 4 p.m. and I'm with my mama and we're clearing out the proverbial shit box that was my brother's apartment. And I just stepped in what looks like dog shit, so it's a literal shit box. Joel's apartment is two rooms. One room is shit brown and the other is piss yellow. I am in the bedroom, which is the brown room, which is why shit has gotten the better of me. Mama is in the yellow room because we will cover more ground if we split up, and also because my mama and I like to be in different rooms. I yell, Mama! I can't find any bills! Mama yells back, All that's at the condo, which means Mama's condo, which means Mama pays Joel's bills, which pisses me off. It also means that she brought me here to find a suicide note that I know doesn't exist. Because I know Joel didn't write one. Because Joel was a fucker. I yell, Mama, is this part comforting to you because you're still cleaning up after Joel? And I immediately regret saying it. When I see my mama, I say things I regret. I yell at my mama, Joking mama! Mama says, that isn't funny at all. I yell back, that's baseball! Can't hit shit if you don't take a swing! But I'm wiping back tears like a big old queer. In my mama's defense, she does know that I'm funny. That's what she tells her friends when they ask how I'm doing. They say, how is Joelle? And Mama says, Joelle is so funny. You should hear some of the phone conversations we have on the phone. And it makes sense that she says that, because I'm funnier than shit on the phone. Because I'm always talking to my mama on the phone. Because my mama and I like to be in different rooms. On the phone, we talk about our problems. My problems revolve around my apartment, as do I. Mama's problems are either to do with my brother Joel or not getting enough attention from men who she hates. Our calls are a hit because I loves to talk shit. But for whatever reason, you take away that phone and put us in a room together and we're fighting like cats and rats. For instance, today we were in the yellow room and I said, Joel's a real fucker for offing himself on a Monday could have let us have the weekend to do all this shit. And Mama said, don't say off themselves, say past. And I said, Joel's a real fucker for passing himself on a Monday. And Mama said, just be grateful your boss lets you have time off. And I said, yeah, he's a real good fucker. And Mama said, you are the darkest person I have ever known. And I said, you should meet my brother. And then we decided, that we would cover more ground if we split up. I sit on Joel's bed and stare at Joel's shit brown walls. Except for his bed, nothing in the brown room could serve an adult. And the bed is a twin, so even that is iffy. His room is all knickknacks and jerk-off toys that he seems to have been pumping since his wife dumped him, or maybe before, and that's how come she left. If I were her, I'd have been more upset about the knickknacks. Because they're not knickknacks. A shot glass is a knickknack. 
My mama keeps knickknacks. Joel kept relics. Relics that looked like they were from lost civilizations that got lost because of Joel's relics. On his desk, there is a little figurine of a wolf with a woman's breasts and a dragon's body. And next to it, there's a note in Joel's handwriting which says, I gotta get like this. It actually looks expensive. I pop it in my pocket because there's no way that Joel's got a will. I call that a fucker fee. Then I hear Mama scream. I run into the yellow room and am immediately blinded by the room's piss yellow. I shout, What's wrong, Mama? She gestures to her foot. I shout, Is that shit? He must have had an animal in here. Least I hope. But Mama doesn't stop screaming. And something about seeing my Mama there, weeping on the floor, really pisses me off. I say, there's an old expression. Shit happens. Mama's screams turn to tears. She's really making a meal out of this shit. My face turns orange. My face turns orange because my blood is boiling and my blood is red and the room is piss yellow. There's a new expression, I say. Don't cry more for your shoes than your son. Don't know if that'll catch on. Don't think the experience is universal. Mama shouts back, It's not the shoes. He always used to. And then she trails off into the dubious performance of her genuine sorrow. But she's my bitch, so I throw her a bone. What's wrong, Mama? You having a bad memory right now? Mama says, don't make fun of me. I say, I'm not. Bad mems blast ass. I have them all the time. Mama scowls. What bad memories do you have? You're young. I say, I have bad memories all the time. If you ever find out what it's like to be a mother, says Mama, you will forget them all. I clench the figurine in my pocket so hard that the outline of the wolf's titties is imprinted on my palm for hours after I say the thing I'm about to regret saying. Joel was younger than me, and he had enough bad memories to hang himself with. Guess it's easier being a mother than having one. I invite myself back into the brown room. I expect to cry and to hate myself, but I do not. I'm still pissed. In the back of my head, I hear my brother Joel say, Mama's flakes, and I nod in agreement with his shadow voice. Joel and I did not have many inside jokes. In fact, we did not have any. Our age gap was too big, and I also thought that he was a fucker. But we did have a phrase for the thing which we hated most, and that was Mama's Flakes. Mama's Flakes were Mama's Tears. And Mama's Tears were called Mama's Flakes because they were the opposite of snowflakes. Every one of them was exactly the same as all the others. Mama's Flakes fell the same way every day, often at the same times. 
they fell when a boy at the grocery store called her ma'am instead of miss. They fell when dad moved out, and when Joel cheated on a test, and when Joel moved out, and when Joel cheated on his wife, and now Joel has ended his life, and mama's flakes are the same as they ever were. Mama is never so happy as when she is sad, and she spent her entire life waiting for an excuse to be as sad as she is right now. Once when I was younger, Mama sat down Joel and me and said she hated the way that we cussed. She said cuss words are powerful, and if you use the same F word when you stub your toe as when someone you love dies, your F word doesn't mean Jack S. Then Joel looked at me and said the F word is flakes, and I bust a nut out my goddamn butt. I guess we did have an inside joke. Fuck. I look around my brother's bedroom. On the floor, there is a dartboard with Chelsea Clinton's face on it. There is a dust ring and a perfect circle on the door to his closet. And I realized that Joel must have moved the dartboard when he hung himself. I say to myself, Classic! Classic way to, to off yourself. Probably the oldest one set for jumping off a cliff. And now I cry. And now I hate myself. I yell out, Mama! She doesn't answer. I yell out, Mama, I want us to be there for each other. I hear her footsteps towards the brown room. I yell out, Wait! Mama says, What's wrong? I say, It's easier for me to be there for you when you're not actually there. She does not ask why that is, and I do not know why that is, but we both know it is how it is. I say, do you want to know what I do when I have a bad memory? I imagine her nodding her head yes, and I say, I blast it in the ass with a good one. And for the first time all day, I hear my mama laugh. What are you talking about, she says. But I am not laughing. I say, when I have a bad memory and I feel like I am sinking into it, and I will never get out. I blast it right in its little ass with a different memory, a good memory, something where I was a child, or I was a hero, or I was free, and I blast the bad memory away. Mama says, what if I can't think of a good memory? I groan, because that is a very dramatic thing to say. And I say, then make one up, Mama. That's what I do. I stare at the ship brown wall, waiting for Mama to speak. I imagine her on the other side, but I do not imagine her in the brown room. I imagine her at the condo. Mama's condo. And she's young and beautiful like she was when I was young and fine looking. And she's feeling sad, and I'm feeling bad. And all I want to do is crawl in her bed and pat her head and shake away Mama's flakes. I tap on the shit brown wall. 
Tell me your bad memories, Mama. She says she can't. I say, is it that time you slapped Joel so hard you cracked his tooth? Mama says, that never happened. I say, yes it did actually. Mama says, you make things up. I say, no I don't, because I don't. She says, you just said you did. I said, why don't we ask Joel? Oops. And then I tap on the wall. Mama, I'm sorry. Tell me your bad memories. And she does. When Joel was little, he would always leave things on the ground. And it wasn't a big deal, but I would step on them. And they would always hurt me. And I would always tell Joel that when he left things on the ground, it hurt Mama. And one day, he looked me right in the eye. And he said, that's why I do it. And I just hit him. No, I didn't hit him. I said, I hate you. And then I locked myself in a room so I wouldn't hit him. And that's my bad memory. It's bad because it's not a memory. I can see it happening right now. I can see that that is still the mother that I am. Mama's phone rings. She says, are you calling me? I say, pick up. It's 12 p.m. and Joel's a tiny little boy and you're his tiny little mama. are about to come on and you're nursing a glass of Pinot because being a tiny little mama is the hardest job there is and that's your story. You go into the living room and there's toys all over the floor because Joel's a little boy with no brains and no shames but you love him for it because nature has biologically predisposed you to do so. You think about what your mama would think if she could see how you kept your condo. You think she'd call it a pigsty, and in the back of your head, you hear Mama say, Miss Piggy, and you nod in agreement with her shadow voice. Now it's 12 p.m., and you're a little girl. Your whole family is watching the Muppets because your daddy just bought your mama a TV, and you see Miss Piggy for the first time, and your mama points at the screen and says, That's my Jane. And you hate it so much that you wish you'd never asked your mama to ask your daddy for a TV. Your mama says, that's my Jane, because Miss Piggy has puffy cheeks, because she is a pig, and you have puffy cheeks, because you are a little girl. But your mama is worried that you will always have puffy cheeks, because your daddy has puffy cheeks, and your mama doesn't want you to be anything like your daddy. When the episode is over, she will send you to Mrs. Kellerman's house to borrow a cup of sugar and then ask you if you notice the rolls around Mrs. Kellerman's ankles. And then she will tell you that Mrs. Kellerman has rolls around her ankles because Mrs. Kellerman always eats sugar. And then your mom will use the sugar to make a pie for your daddy who has puffy cheeks. You and your daddy will eat the pie, and you will ask your mama why she is not eating the pie, and she will say, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels, and you will go to your room and pinch your cheeks. 
Now it's 12 p.m. and you're a little mama again. You're sad because you don't like to think badly of your mama. Mamas and opinions, you think. Everyone's got one. You don't have to hate yours just because Sigmund Freud says so. Everyone you meet leaves a mark on you. It just so happens you meet your mama first. That's life! You weave through toys like a battlefield nurse, desperate to save the little soldiers, terrified of getting a footful of Japanese plastic. But damn your luck, your foot gets fucked. You writhe like a branded mule and shower the carpet in Pinot Grige. You pulse with anger and attempt to channel it away from your boy and onto that toy what gotcha. Who is, after all, the true culprit? But this culprit is no usual suspect 1995. You've had Joel's goddamn toys under your goddamn feet so many goddamn times, you know them by feel like an old lover's steel. But the sensation in your foot is awkward and sharp, like a new lover's steel. It comes from a toy which you do not recognize. A toy which you wouldn't buy for a child or an enemy. A toy which is shaped like some kind of rat. Its fur is black and its tail is flesh white and its beady eyes look quite real because a rat's eyes are lifeless in real life. You remember how someone told you that rats caused the plague. You go ahead and set that toy back in the bin. You figure Joel's dad bought it for him because Joel's dad is always buying toys for Joel because he left Joel's tiny mama for a much tinier woman who would never be a mama because Joel's dad was also some kind of rat. You sit down with what's left of your Pinot and turn on what's left of your stories. A woman is crying because her husband left her for a woman named Maggie, and this makes you happy because you always wanted Maggie to be happy. The television goes gray, and it pisses you off because the television always goes gray in the middle of your stories. But when the picture comes back, the Johnny Carson show is playing, which never happens. Now it's 12 a.m. and you're a little girl again. Johnny Carson is on the TV because your daddy thinks he's the funniest man alive. And you think Johnny Carson is the funniest man alive because your daddy is the smartest man alive. You're chowing down on a sleeve of Oreos because your daddy's chowing down on a sleeve of Oreos because daddy says 12 a.m. is when Oreos taste the best because your daddy is the smartest man alive. You watch your daddy watch Johnny Carson. A stand-up comedian comes out and says a catchphrase, and your father says it along with him, and you laugh, and your mama steps out from her bedroom. Your daddy says, what's wrong? And your mama says, I can't sleep while Miss Piggy's out here oinking. That's life. Now it's 12 p.m., and you're a tiny little mama once more. Johnny Carson isn't on the TV anymore, and you think about how strange it is that Johnny Carson was on the TV, 
and your foot hurts. You flip it over to assess the damage, and you can still see an imprint of the rat's face staring back at you. But it's strange. The rat's face doesn't look like a rat's face at all. It looks like some kind of wild boar. You go to the bin and look for that toy, that strange, unusual toy. And as you search, something sharp pricks your palm. It's a toy which you don't recognize. It has jagged teeth and the corkscrew tail. And the only part of it which you recognize are its beady little lifeless eyes. You remember how someone told you that eyes are the window to the soul. And you can't imagine how you ever thought that this was a rat. And somewhere in the back of your head, you hear your mama say, Miss Piggy. And you nod in agreement with her shadow voice. You go ahead and set that toy back in the bin. You tell yourself that it's just one of those awful boy toys where it's two terrible animals all in one and that Joel's dad must have gotten it for him because Joel's dad is an awful boy and a terrible animal all in one. And then you turn to your boy. You say, Joel, I stepped on this toy and it really hurt me. Joel repeats you in a sing-song voice because Joel is a little boy. You are very angry with Joel, but you do not want to be because you also know that Joel is a little boy and little boys do things without thinking about how they affect other people. So you decide you had better teach him a lesson because you know that men do this as well. So you walk up to Joel and say, when you leave out toys, it always hurts mama. And Joel looks you in the eyes and he says, I know, that's why I do it. And suddenly you don't know where you are. The walls themselves are changing around you. They slide and glide and are shit brown and piss yellow all at the same time. You remember that song from the radio that goes, this is not my beautiful house. But that is the only part you remember. And you do not live in a house anymore. You live in a condo. And then you start to hear laughter. At first you think it must be the studio audience from Johnny Carson. Because the laughter is hard. And Johnny Carson is so funny. But you see that Joel is laughing too. And Joel is too young to appreciate Johnny. And you realize Joel is laughing at you. And somewhere in the back of your head... You hear your mama's voice, and your mama is laughing at you, and you nod in agreement with her shadow voice. In that same space between spaces, you see Joel's dad and his tiny girlfriend, and their big house with the big lawn, and they're far away and close together, and they're laughing too. You feel a pulse from the roof of your foot to the soft of your palm that is awkward and sharp and unlike a lover in every way. You look at your hand and a rat stares back at you. You look at your foot and see the mark of a pig. Their mouths begin to pulse and move. They speak to you in Johnny Carson's voice and say two words over and over. 
catchphrase. Catchphrase. Maybe that's one word. You tell yourself that you're having one of your spells and you should take one of your pills. But you know that you're not, and you know that you won't. You fall to the ground and begin to cry, and in the back of your head, you hear your son, Joel, say, Mama's Flakes. And you nod in agreement with his shadow voice, and you watch as the toy bin rolls over onto its side. Over the laughter, you hear the snarling of a pig. A nose peeks out from the bin, jagged, crooked, a rat's nose. It bowls out of the bin and is every bit of boar which would wallow in its own filth, and it is a filthy rat and is loathsome vermin, and in the piss brown and shit yellow light of the room, it even starts to look like Johnny Carson. Catchphrase, says the boar. Catchphrase! It takes some wild and doomy steps in Joel's direction, but you pull yourself up and block its path. No, you scream. I will not let you have my son. And Joel stands behind you, but now he is a man. This isn't about me, he says, and he sounds just like a little boy. It's all about you, he says, just like it's always all about you, he says, and he sounds like a 30-year-old man. And you shed Mama's flakes, because somewhere in the back of your head, you know that 30 years old is the oldest Joel will ever be. So go on, says Joel, like the child he will never be again. Say your catchphrase. We'll all say it along with you. <laughs> we'll even start it off. And the boar rat says two words. I hate. And you hear your mama's voice, I hate. And you hear Joel's dad, and his tiny girlfriend, and Miss Piggy, and Johnny Carson, and the radio, and the television, and I hate, and I hate, and I hate. You feel their shadows fill your throat. The words are already there, twisting your tongue spelling themselves out. I hate. But you fight the words. You swallow them. You do not hate your boy. You never have. You crawl out of that yellow shit brown piss room and you fling yourself onto your bed. And you pick up your phone and you call your daughter Joelle. She says, What's up? And you say the words that are desperate and true. I hate my fucking life. You scream it. And you are shaking. And I am shaking. Holding the receiver of the Bart Simpson phone that you bought when I left for school. Because we both think he is so funny. Even though he cusses. And I scream back. Guess what, bitch? I hate my life too. And I laugh and you cry. And your tears are like snowflakes because everyone is different because every day wounds different than the last like each sweet lover's blast. And you say it again. I hate my fucking life. And it's true. And it's okay. Because that's what life is. 
piss brown and shit yellow. Winners and losers, all of them hating their own lives, all of them blessed beyond measure to have them. Blessed to have daughters and sons who hate them, and to have mothers and fathers who wound them, and to learn that they love them, and to lose what they love. And you look down at the rough of your foot and the soft of your palm, and the boar rat stares back at you, and you whisper, I hate my life. And with a thousand shadow voices, the boar rat answers, My life! Catchphrase. Now it is 12 a.m., and it has been 24 hours since your son offed himself. And you're still on the phone. And your daughter is still on the other end. And you're both in your son's apartment. And you'll both never see him again. And that's life. Now it's 4 a.m. We don't find a note from Joel or any clue as to why he did what he did. We do find a major credit card under his ex-wife's name and an application for a Redbox account that Joel filled out but never sent in. So Mom and I rent Borat, and I charge it to Joel's ex-wife because life's a bitch and so are we. It's the scene in Borat where Borat fights cocks out with his repugnant stooge, and Mama turns to me and says, Our relationship is the thing in life I'm most proud of. I say, you're a pretty good fucker, but I'm fighting back tears like a big old queer. I say, you know, Joel was in my dream last night. Mama says he was. I say, yes, we were teenagers. Mama says, was I there too? I say, I think so, yes. Mama says, I wonder what that means. And I say, everything and nothing. It was a dream. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. You're riding high in April, shot down in May. But I know I'm...